everyone. Welcome to my show, Karyup Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight Asian entrepreneurs and interesting people that I meet in my life. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Janani Rangarajan on my show. Hello, Janani. Hi. Hi, Priyanka. Janani, thank you so much for being on our show. And Janani is joining us today from Los Angeles in California, USA. So let me give you a brief background of who Janani is before we get started into the interesting stuff that she does. And getting to know a little bit more about her personal journey to inspire us. Janini Rangarajan is the chair of the bioinformatics department at the University of California, Santa Cruz, Silicon Valley Extension. She has a wide variety of experience under her belt. She has served as a QA statistical analyst at Juliet Sciences, where she supported the quality risk management department. She's also worked extensively at the Scripps Research Institute and has done a lot of interesting work in the field of custom DNA, peptide, and carbohydrate arrays. I know there's a lot of geeky stuff involved, which Janani is going to decipher for us. Ms. Rangarajan has a graduate degree in bioinformatics and extensive experience with bioinformatic tools, databases, and methods. And she's also contributed to the Consortium for Functional Glycomics and helped print the glycan microarray for the project. Welcome to my show, Janani, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Curry Up Startup Podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Janani. Uh, you know, Janani, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening with COVID and, you know, the quest for finding vaccines. How does bioinformatics really help with the present situation? Can you walk us through some science behind it? Of course. Um, I just want to tell people that it's still out there. Just because everything is opening up, don't start going out, you know, if it's not needed be careful, wear your mask, you know, people, um, we're all excited. We all want to be out there, but you know, it's still there and it's still scary. So with regards to, um, you know, I just want to give you an update as to what the vaccines and drugs and what bioinformatics uh, plays a role in COVID because that's on everyone's mind right now, right? So um, I want to say that the first step in finding a vaccine or a drug was to um, have a complete genome sequence. So you're supposed to like, you know, have a genome sequence uh, to find out the identity as to how this, um, how this virus, where did it come from to trace out the ancestry, uh, how it's mutating. Like to have the answers for all of these, you need the sequence data. And bioinformaticians are the ones who sequenced it. So that's the, the first step um, to finding a vaccine. So I would say bioinformatics played a really huge role in that. And next, what you do is you compare the identity. Once you have the genome sequence of the, of the COVID-19, um, you know, of the SARS-CoV-2, uh, what you do is you check the um, similarity between that and uh, just check out the identity, similarity, like how similar it is to the others. For COVID, it's been very scary, but at the same time, you know, people are optimistic about getting back to the normalcy. And I, I hope we find some breakthroughs uh, in a very near future. So I know we've been speaking a lot about the word bioinformatics, but for our listeners who don't belong to the field of bioinformatics, can you help us understand in layman terms what it means with an analogy maybe perhaps? Of course. Um, I would say maybe uh, think of bioinformatics, right? It's think of like a million Lego pieces. So you go to a store, buy like million, like millions and millions of Lego pieces. You bring it back home you're not gonna lay them on the floor, you know? So you find the storage space for it. So you take like a huge, like a huge storage unit with multiple drawers in it, think of that. 
and then put these Lego pieces uh, into each drawers, like a storage place. Then you slowly take them out and you start building it to make something, uh, make it, make something useful out of it. For example, like once you build all these Lego pieces, uh, maybe you build a house or build a palace or something, and then you say, oh my God, all these pieces fit together and you're able to do something with it. So, so that's what bioinformatics is. You have like millions and millions of data collected every day and you have a lot of data. So what are you going to do with the data? And you cannot just keep it there in your computer because you know it's a lot of storage. So you need a cloud space where you store all the data. Then you, these bioinformaticians, they take out the data, they analyze it, and they come up with, just like as I said, the vaccines, the drugs, you know, especially for uh, COVID-19, which is on all of our minds. So they kind of use all these data and use all this towards a purpose, towards a final goal of helping the humanity. So that's the goal. The Lego examples is perfect, so everybody can really relate to it. Now tell us about your career in biotechnology. How did you pursue it and how did you end up where you are today? I think I've always loved science. I always liked, you know, I always wondered um, how do people, uh, I always question myself, like who's finding all these drugs? You know, I have a headache, I take a medicine, it goes away. Like what is, who does this? Who's behind all this? So I always have that interest in me. So as I started, I really didn't want to do computer science or electrical engineering or anything else. Like it didn't interest me, but something about science or medicine is what always interested me. So I started doing my undergraduate in biotechnology and um, I wanted to do, um, come, come to the United States. And you know, that was the dream for all of us back then, right? Yeah, absolutely, it's still a dream yeah. for a lot of people. I get GRE, that's the next step. So it's like, you know, I wanna go there. Um, and I got into bioinformatics because I thought, I always had this, um, I had this interest towards biology, but I loved um, programming came naturally to me. So I thought a combination of both of those would be a great field. So I wanted to explore more and I uh, did my graduate degree in uh, bioinformatics. So that's where I started. That's pretty great. So what are the three top skills that you would say in order to pursue a career in bioinformatics? I hope this would be useful for people who are interested. I would say, um, handle a large amount of data if you like if you're not overwhelmed by a huge amount of data and if you like handling a big amount of data um, that's a really good skill that everyone looks for um, then i would say programming knowledge uh, having especially statistical programming knowledge which is r programming or biopython having um, expert in all of those and also understanding the basic concepts of molecular biology you know understanding what a dna is what's a protein so understanding all this basic science helps you to understand and use these programming skills towards that. That's very essential. And mm -hmm. a mix of biology and programming really helps you be mm -hmm. part of this breakthrough field. So that's really exciting. What do you think the future of bioinformatics is going to look like? I think it's um, from what I saw with, you know, how uh, much impact it had with COVID-19. I think uh, it's really uh, coming up because you know, without even going to the lab, just by solving the structure of the virus, they're able to, you know, use all these different models by just simulations in your computer and design a drug. And, you know, that's the future. And I would say that, you know, doing stuff in your computer, in your home, uh, not leaving the house, as you can see, everyone is working remotely now. And that's definitely the future. And if you're able to do that, that will expand your um, career, definitely. So I think it has a very good future. That's pretty great. So tell us, as the chair of bioinformatics department, what kind of questions do you hear from your students about 
a career in bioinformatics or some of the challenges that they face in terms of pursuing a career in bioinformatics? The most, um, the most people who contact me are, um, you know, a lot of moms who uh, get married early and then they have kids, they take a career break and they want to uh, come back they passionately they have a passion and they want to do something with their life you know they contact me they contact me a lot they say that you know my school kids are back to school i have like eight hours in my hand what can i do where can i start you know i'm just lost i don't know how do i take the first step so those are the people who contact me a lot and um there are also people who uh have had an extensive programming um programming uh, like in a background and they've done programming for like 20 years now they're like, you know what, I've been programming all my life. I want to have a purpose, like my program towards finding a cure, finding a vaccine. This interests me. Can I, is it too late? A lot of people ask me, is it too late? You know, I tell them, no, it's not. As long as you have the interest to learn and you're willing to study, it's not too late. So um, I tell them that get a first step, get a certificate and, you know, or take a couple of courses, see what if this is for you. And if you like it and if you're interested, then commit yourself to like a three-year course or do a doctorate. So just test and see if this is something for you. But I think anyone can do, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 40, 50, it doesn't matter. So if you want to get into the field of bioinformatics, I'm sure you can. So that's what I tell them. I'm quite sure that's inspiring to a lot of people who are trying to do a big breakthrough in the field of bioinformatics. And I'm glad you're inspiring them to do it. Now, this was a perfect segue for me, Janani, given you've been working from home for the last five years and being successful in your professional career, as well as integrating your work and life. Tell us the secret sauce behind making it all happen so magically. I wouldn't say magically. It takes a lot of work, <laughs> but it's hard. But I would say it's possible. Um, it's funny because one of my friends uh, recently asked me, hey, um, you know, uh, try yoga, it relaxes you, right? I said, it doesn't work for me. I can't close my eyes for like 10 minutes and meditate. She got offended. She said, what? Yoga is the best thing. You know, meditation is the best thing. I said, people have different things that works for them, right? So um, for me, it's like watching TV relaxes me, you know? So different things works for different people and everyone has 24 hours a day. Everyone has seven days a week. It's how do you use it? For a long time in my life, I was lying, saying that, lying to myself, saying that, I don't have time to exercise. You know, I kept telling myself over and over again, I don't have time to exercise. Then at some point I said, you know what, stop lying to myself. I don't want to exercise. You know, I, if you want to do something, you make time for it. That's the bottom line. So if you're passionate about something and if you want to get, get something done, of course, of course, with the support of your family and you know, you need that. But um, I would say that if you want to get something done, you'll find the time. That's what I tell everyone. So um, if for me is, um, you know, I have a personal life that I'm trying to balance with working from home. So I have to be committed and I need to use my time efficiently. So I try to like give myself a break, relax in the evenings, but at the same time, I try to um, wake up early or like, you know, I try to like um, be on top of things. I try to get dressed so I feel motivated. So you do a lot of things that works for you. But I would say that if you're passionate about something, you will find the time. <laughs> That's pretty good advice. And as you mentioned rightly, you need to figure out what your purpose is and drive yourself towards that goal and uh, you know just pursue it with passion yeah. which brings us to the point that uh, jenny and i are actually twinning today with yellow jackets i know right like we and we end up with the same color so like-minded people huh mm -hmm. uh yeah so jenny tell us you've had a very successful 
career so far, you know, starting from India all the way to the United States. Was there ever a low moment in your life that you want to reflect back and talk to us about a lesson learned from that low moment as well? I would say uh, for me, the low moment was um, I started a job at USC and, uh, you know, I was aiming really high. I really want to keep going forward. I wanted to keep on, um, you know, expanding my skills. So I took out a project, which I know was too much for me. And, you know, I, and it became so overwhelming for me, like the amount of data, it was a huge uh, cancer project. And, you know, there's so much cancer data and I just shut myself down. I didn't take the time to like analyze and um, that job didn't work out for me. So I was, I took out, I took something that was a lot more than I can swallow and that overwhelmed me and I kind of didn't follow through. I, if I put more effort into it, I think I could have succeeded, but the whole process overwhelmed me that I just shut myself down and I just didn't feel like, you know, exploring more. And I wish I didn't let that go. So I wish I, I wish I made more of an effort. So I would say that if you're really passionate about something, things are overwhelming, but just put in your efforts slowly that you could always, you know, get what you want. So don't get, um, don't get frustrated. <laughs> That's really good advice, practical advice, right? Don't get frustrated. And sometimes I think as women, we tend to take on more than mm -hmm. what we can actually deliver. So you have, uh, you have a kid as well, right? How does, how does your daughter feel about your success? Has she shared anything? Does she really understand what you do? I don't think so. <laughs> She's just happy I'm around. She's just happy I'm working from home. I'm there for her. You know, that's all she cares right now. As long as I'm around her and she's happy. Hopefully one day, like, you know, I can, my mom and my grandmother inspired me. You know, I grew up with them. They're my role models. Like I saw them doing so much and, you know, such strong women in my life. So that motivated me. And I'm hoping that I can show that to my daughter without I want to be happy, you know, my happiness rubs on her. So I want to make sure whatever I do, I'm happy. I don't want to take too much that's going to overwhelm me or sad, make me sad. At the same time, I want to do things that fulfills me. So I feel happy and I want her to see that her mom is happy. So. And what are maybe the top two things that make you happy on a daily basis? I think just um, truly like spending time with my daughter. I've realized that over the time that, you know, I wanted to, I told myself, you know, when I have a kid, I'm still going to keep doing, I'm going to do this, do that. But I just stopped everything because just spending time with that innocent little thing, like, you know, it just melts my heart. Like how I just started seeing the world in a different place from her eyes, uh, how innocent she is, like how she sees the world. Like, you know, and as we grow up, we, we don't, we're not innocent anymore. Like the innocent fades away and just reliving that innocent life with her makes me happy. And just you know, being with my family, just knowing that my family, my friends, I have so many people that, especially for my birthday, I got so many wishes. It's not about the wish, but it's about knowing that you have a lot of people in your life that makes me happy. Right, and we care for each other. And uh, I'm glad you're feeling those good vibes because that's really helpful to keep us going. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a fun rapid fire round for you, Jenny. Are you ready for it? I am. Awesome. Um, I know you're from LA which is to our listeners, it's on the West coast of USA. What's one fun fact about LA that you can share with us? Hollywood. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. about, all about like celebrities, right? So it's like wherever you walk, there's celebrities everywhere. So that's really fun. I'm sure the beach, the sun, I have like hundred things fun about Los Angeles. So <laughs> that's great. So do you still have a celebrity in mind that you haven't run across? 
you know, I've been to a lot of movie premieres. Before I had my kid, me and my husband, we went to a lot of red carpet events. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is someone I'm hoping to meet one day. I hope you do that sooner. Yes. If you go back in a time machine, what would you do when you are 21? A, a chance to relive your life now. Oh my God, <laughs> you're tempting me. Okay, um, I think if I go back in time, um, I was in a rush to start working, you know. I was in a rush to like, I've always felt like I need to get my studying part done. I've always been that way that I could just start living my real life, which is working, right? So now 10 years later, I feel like that's no longer true. Mm -hmm. If I could go back, I would have studied longer. I think I would have done my doctorate and I would have kept going because you see that that's the age where you're free. You have a lot of time in your hands and you know, you could still do it, but there are more challenges now. There are more commitments, but I feel like I wish I wasn't in a rush. So I would have told myself, take your time, study and, you know, learn a lot more because there's so much that I don't know. And I so much, I wish I knew. So uh, I could still do it, but that age, you know, that, time where you have all the time in your hands to do whatever you want. So I would have told myself, finish a doctorate, get a doctorate. So that's what I would have done. I'm glad you're reflecting it in a very positive way. And I agree with you. Sometimes we are in a rush to hit a lot of milestones and uh, we wish things could have been different, but you know, mm -hmm. that's the way nature works. So right. be happy with the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. Now here's another fun question. If you have a superpower, what would it be? I'm quite sure it's not getting your doctorate, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> superpower. Only one? Well, you can have two. Okay. I superpower to have two superpowers. Okay, thank you. So one would be definitely um, that I could just press a button and I can go back home, right? So uh, back India, because it's so hard, like each time, you know, the planning, the money it takes, and like, you know, it's a long flight. So I could just wake up one day and I say, hey, I want to go spend time with my parents. I want to go spend time back home with my family. So I'll just go back there. And then the evening I can come back here. So that will be the best superpower that I can get. Right. Hope Elon Musk is hearing this. <laughs> Some kind of a hyperloop that takes you to a different uh, continent. Right. That'll be amazing. So that's one thing. What's I'm sure the other one would be like having more hands because as a mom, and you know, it's like I... I wish I had more hands. <laughs> Just two is not enough sometimes. <laughs> I know, hopefully the power of technology would help us do a lot of automation, but there are certain things that you as a mom have to do it. Now here's some fun thing, and this is on request from Janani. So here's a question that she requested me to ask her. Is there something about me, Priyanka, that you've always wanted to know, but have never asked? And as a disclaimer, Janani and I have been great friends. And I think for the last 25 years, <laughs> Let's not give out our age, right? So let's just say 20, 20 plus. <laughs> For more than a decade. So what's something about me that you wanted to know? You know, I want to know a lot about you, but since we don't have time today, I'm going to stick to one. I always see you like you're always so motivated, right? So you're always uh, on top of things. From what I've seen from my childhood, you're always like, what's next? What's next? So you're always like achieving and overachieving. So you've been inspiring to me. And I told you, I, I remember calling you once and I said, hey, watch this show on the TV. And um, you said, I don't watch TV. And I was like, hey, I don't think I can hear well. Let me just ask you, what do you mean? You don't watch TV? I said, nah, I don't really enjoy watching TV. So I don't. <laughs> Nothing. I know, so like, 
So what do you do? What do you do to relax? That's a question for me. Yes. Uh, I, I just can't sit idle. I think that's one of the, the traits I've inherited from my mom. I have to constantly do something, keep thinking about something. My brain just can't sit idle. And podcast is one way in which I love to express myself. And I always look at new ways in which I can spotlight and amplify a lot of voices. And that's how Career Startup Podcast emerged uh, when I entered into motherhood. So thank you. But you've been very kind in terms of... Uh, well, I'm so proud of you because you know why? Um, I see a lot of podcasts. Um, I've just, only like a month or two months ago, I knew what podcast is because you told me. You said I started a podcast. I said, what is a podcast, right? So after that, I've been trying to see what podcast is. And I see a lot of people bring in celebrities, bring in people who are already, um, you know, who have accomplished a lot and they're popular. But the fact that you're doing this, I know you are busy. You have a one-year-old and, you know, you already have a full-time job and you're still passionate about something and you're pursuing. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. So the fact that you are actually bringing talent in and people in who you know, who don't have the opportunity to uh, showcase or like, you know, these are not, well, I'm not a celebrity, but you're bringing me in and giving me a voice, which is really nice, you know, and I'm sure one day you'll make it big. Thank you. And I'm very grateful for people like you, Janini, and the network of people who have been guests on my show, who have spent your valuable time to share their personal insights, because I feel it's very important to project the voices of people who sometimes don't get the opportunities. They might be doing great work, but they go unpraised. And I wanted to take it up on myself when I find Asian leaders and interesting people that I meet in my life whose stories have to be heard so that I can be inspired and my fellow listeners can be inspired. So thank you for such uh, gracious words and for your kind gesture to be on my show as well. Before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you a very fun and interesting question that I ask all my guests. What is your native language and one word to describe yourself in it? Hmm. Okay. My native language is Tamar. What do I say? Hmm. Anber. I would say Anber. And can you translate what it means in English? It just means kindness. You know, the world needs it right now. Love and kindness is all we need. So I would say no matter where you are, what you are, we all need to be kind to one another. So Anber is a very important word to me. Thank you, Janani. And you've been a very kind and compassionate leader from what I've seen you uh, and the way you handle things with uh, gentleness and with grace. I think that's really important for women to support each other. So I'm really glad you're on the show and for sharing wonderful insights about bioinformatics. Like for me, bioinformatics is a totally new field being in the technology uh, domain. So thank you for helping us understand it. And keeping it more relevant to what we're seeing in the current times. Do you have any parting thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? I would say that if you're interested in the field, um, you know, I'm sure like contact me. I'm all about the fact that uh, the main thing I like about my job uh, is that I can connect to people. I can make a difference in their life. That's what keeps me going. And, um, you know, I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis. I try to give them opportunities. I try to, you know, um, as a part of my job that I can, um, you know, the certificate is a really nice program. Uh, and I try to do these courses. I can hire people if I can give them a job or I try to, you know, navigate them because sometimes it's, you need the little push. You need the little guidance. So uh, I love talking to you guys. And, you know, if, I, if anyone wants any advice. Thank you, Janani, for those wonderful parting words. And the best part about our show is we bring in 
you know, real people who are willing to help others succeed. So I'm going to share the contact information of Jenny as part of our podcast episode notes. So you'll have a chance to connect with her and ask her interesting questions on what the future holds. Jenny, thank you again for being a wonderful guest on my show. And thank you for joining me from Los Angeles. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always nice to find people from different parts of the globe connecting. And to our listeners out here, I hope you had a wonderful time listening to Career Startup Podcast. Until another episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Priyanka Komla, signing off on your show to spotlight Asian entrepreneurs and leaders. Thank you.